yeah, sorry we couldn't uh, figure out last week, but I guess it's just like, I mean, this is what we're going to expect for the foreseeable rest of the month, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just like grown-up land is life gets more complicated and there's lots of conflicting schedules to juggle, so. I mean, not just that, but I'm, I'm thinking more of the whole holiday season. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. just like, because like we've got a dinner this week, uh, my sister's coming in town on like the 22nd, like just... There's there is this very narrow window that we're gonna be able to do podcasts in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out though. I hope Yeah, I mean like I'm assuming the website's still going well. Um <laughs> uh, it's fine. I mean we haven't we had another like huge crash for delish uh. listenership. Uh Ooh, that was like a month and a half ago, uh, and we haven't quite recovered from that yet. So, like, and the, I, I also know that a big part of it is just our, like, SEO metrics. So, um, like, we'll do one episode, like, uh, <clears throat> uh, like the one that went up last time. It has Disney in the title of the episode. So it's like, yeah, we're going to get a bunch of new people popping in on uh on the show because they found it by searching disney right and then did that actually happen yeah it like it happens a ton um really i'm sorry my voice is going today too oh no worries um yeah basically uh like anytime we do a topic that people want like that people are actively searching mm. uh we'll we'll see a spike in the people that are checking it out to you know see what it's about and then when they find out what this show is actually about they're like oh fuck it never mind so um we should call our episodes harry <clears throat> potter pokemon spider-man <laughs> um i mean that's two out of the three that are gonna are that got that seo juice right now but uh Oh yeah, Harry uh, Potter's not as big these. Well, I mean, it's still Harry well, Potter, but it's the recent it's stuff always has been be. bad. Like, oh yeah, all the Grindelwald stuff. Oh my like, goodness! I watched that first one, and it's like it's a nothing burger with disappointing salad. I okay, I have to admit to a personal bias. I kind of okay. steered away from Fantastic Beasts because of Eddie Redmayne. I just. I don't know. I had some ambivalence towards that. And yeah, I just heard nothing but awful things about it. So I was like, okay, I don't need to. It's okay. Um, So the problem with it is that, I mean, it's the problem with a lot of uh, shows and movies and stuff Mm. that are, that, you know, get really popular uh, and kind of exist in their own popularity bubble. Yes. Um, which is, you know, the good ones will be like, all right, here's the story. I've established what the story is. I'm going to find an end to the story. And for Harry Potter, that was the seven books. Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> adding on anything else to that story is kind of pointless, right? Yeah. Unless, <clears throat> Unless you do something that takes place after 
like when Harry Potter was in Hogwarts, right? Because the Fantastic Beasts movies and the Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever, um, that takes place before the events of Harry Potter. Yeah. I think, so it's like... Like, I think that prequels can be done well, but they have to be more or less unrelated to the property that they are preceding. Um, See, I, I'm of a very different opinion with that. Like, okay. So the problem that I have with prequels is that we know what the important elements are. Yeah. Like, we don't go in ex- like like Star Wars, right? We have four, five, six, and then we had one, two, three. But we knew where the stories had to lead to. And that's right? and that's actually what I'm saying. Like yeah. uh case in point with Star Wars would be um the original Knights of the Old Republic by Bioware. Technically a prequel to Star Wars. Um, right. But like set so far removed from Star Wars that it was Free to do its it, own thing. Without, yeah, it could yeah. be. It could be good, um, <clears throat> but the problem with any sort of prequel thing is that we lose all sense of stake. Yeah, you totally. Because because uh, the Star Wars thing specifically was uh, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. We know that's going to happen. Yeah, Obi Wan survives. And he's, you know, an old man living as a hermit in the desert, but otherwise fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yoda is fine. And then you introduce all these other people, right? You've got uh, Mace Windu. We're like, I don't remember that motherfucker. He's dead. Yeah. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn in the first movie. You're just like, Mm -hmm. I never heard of this guy. He dead. Yep. Uh, Because... You know, Obi-Wan straight up says Yoda was the Jedi who taught him, so Qui-Gon Jinn never mentioned before, he dead. Yeah. Um, so, like, all of those things. <clears throat> there... But it's a, it's the same issue with Harry Potter, though, yeah. because uh, we didn't know anything about Grindelwald, uh, the fantas- uh, Newt Slamder or whatever his name is. Um, from Fantastic Beats, we only know about him kind of like if you're paying attention because his is a blink and you miss it in the original thing. He Mm. just wrote the book that they needed to read in Hogwarts. Yeah. Like, all of these people, they don't matter because we're introduced to the world, the wizard world, with Harry Potter because he didn't know anything about it to begin with either. So... Like we get to see everything through his eyes, and if the if the wizarding history class, like there was never a point where they're talking about, oh yeah, there were some uh, there were some wizard Nazis, and uh, this is them, and you know, let's just talk about that for a while. We never got that, so like there's no stakes because clearly it was never going to be. It's not that so big of an issue that we had to dwell on it at any point during the the seven books. I think that like you hit on a lot of good points. What I would kind of like to suggest is that the reason you don't see it very often is, is is precisely because of what you're talking about. But it is possible to do a one well. Uh, I'm I'm at a I'm at a loss to think of any really solid examples. <laughs> but so, I, and that's the issue is that yeah. like. 
You can't if you can't think uh, like there's no uh, there's no what about Full Metal Alchemist sort of thing. It's like because when whenever somebody talks about uh, like how anime is formulaic and boring and like it's all the girls are uh, booby eye candy and the guys are brooding losers. Hmm. Uh, you have one like right off the bat. You're just like, well, Full Metal Alchemist isn't like that. It has this really rich story. You get some of the anime tropes that you expect from anime, but otherwise there's all of these other redeeming factors, all these things that no other story was doing and blah, blah, blah. But like for those whole prequel things, uh, See, because I'm, I'm going to, like, Alien and stuff, and Prometheus was trash, and all of those other ones were terrible, right? So it's I like... think... Okay, personally, I think the issue is less with the story and more with the characters. And I think that that's where the pitfall is, is that you become so focused with actually trying to tie up those loose ends that you kind of don't develop the characters. And the thing with the, like, the prequels, the episodes 1, 2, and 3, uh, you know, I've I've watch from people like YouTube videos and articles and such who who do like them but they like a lot of the philosophical ideas discussed where the movies fall completely flat is the characters where um, the movie falls flat is the movie part of it like the story <laughs> was fine it's just it wasn't what we needed from the, the Star Wars the characters are all very <laughs> boring they're, they're um, the, cardboard yeah yeah like okay so again you said Darth Vader Darth Vader is the only Sorry, in the prequels, there are two characters that have anything resembling an actual character arc, and that is Darth Vader himself, whose arc was already established from the get-go, and Jar Jar Binks. Nobody else has a character arc. Qui-Gon, he is the mentor until he's dead. Darth Maul shows up and then dies. Uh, Darth Sidious in that robot. coming back. Didn't you watch Solo? <sighs> yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, like yeah. um, Natalie Portman, phenomenal actress. I, I genuinely appreciate her performances. Was given nothing to do. Uh, her character has no development. Again, like she's she's there to be a love interest. Um, she wants what is good for her people, which is like, of course, she's a princess. Like that is the most bland, generic desire that she could have. There's no internal struggle. There's no development. She doesn't learn. She doesn't change. She doesn't grow. Um, what you're saying is that the prequels and possibly the Ridge Tridge uh, fall to the sexy lamp. They failed the sexy lamp test. Uh, maybe. What is the sexy lamp test? Remind me of this. Uh, I can't. Does the story still function if you replace? Uh, the main female character with a sexy lamp. <laughs> um, in fairness to the original trilogies, I actually just watched them recently, which is the first time in years because <laughs> I've seen them so many times growing up. But yeah. watching the original trilogies, I actually can see a lot of the things that it did really well. Uh, Han Solo, there's a reason that he is as popular as he is. And it's not just that Harrison Ford is extremely charming, although that's a big part of it. But he has a very strong character arc. Uh, notably, you know, he starts off as a self-serving smuggler and at the end swoops in to save the day. And obviously, like, that's a very broad explanation of this character, but, like, throughout the film, you actually see those moments of growth. It's not just, like, a flip-the-switch kind of thing. Like, you actually see intimate character moments that really show him 
you know, growing yeah, attached he, to the cast. Yeah. He's he constantly struggles with this idea of like I'm a smuggler. I I'm just here to get out of debt and yeah. go live he, my life. And then he ends up being a general. Yeah. Um. And and that is handled very well. But the other characters too, like, you know, even if they don't necessarily like Luke has an arc of sorts. Um. Well, obviously. Um, and even Leia, she doesn't necessarily have an arc, but she definitely exhibits agency. Um, admittedly, it's less pronounced than the other characters, in part because he doesn't show up until like halfway through, and even then doesn't necessarily do a lot. But there are moments, uh, most notably when they're trying to escape the Death Star, and they're surrounded on both sides, and they're like, ah, what are we going to do? And she's like, oh, the some garbage rescue. Shoot. Yeah. yeah, and <laughs> then she's like, here, let me get get us out of this. And so, you know, it's a single moment, and... It's not necessarily, it's a great moment. Let me, let me yeah. say that, you know. Um, it, it's a it, great moment. And that is, that is the one part of the original, uh, the, A New Hope, the original movie. Yeah. That's the one part where she could not have been replaced by a sexy lamp. Yes, fair enough. Yeah. And, and okay, uh, we'll, we'll admit fully want to see more Leia. Um, yeah. Not, not in the creepy sense, just in the, um, but like, she does do things, um, you know, like one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, to be honest, is when she um, wraps the chain around Jabba the Hutt's neck. Um, well, that was a, that was uh, the murdering Jabba, as I remember it, was a addition to the script. Yeah. Uh, at her request. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I definitely like the more time has passed and the more I've come to understand the issue... The bikini she wore was just every kind of gross. It yeah. it works in the story, but it's still it's still gross. It, it's still gross. Um, that said, that moment is a very cathartic moment, um, yeah. and in a lot of ways, it it directly speaks against that grossness, and it is just such a great moment. Um, so. And, Yes. Did we decide on the title of this episode? It's, it's Harry Potter Star Wars Pokemon. <laughs> is it. that what, is Do that it. what we're doing? Do okay, it. Let's, let's start yeah. the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to Everything is the Worst, the official Scudsworth.com podcast. I am your host, Josh, and the man behind the website at Scudsworth.com. And with me today is the lovely June. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, I have to say, that is probably the longest cold open we've ever done on one of these episodes. Really? Because yeah. this whole podcast thing just started by us chatting in, like, a pub. And then we're like, hey, we should record this, so... Yeah, but, um, like, the the format of how, you know, we start the recording as we're talking, and uh, then I introduce it. I don't think we've ever gone 15 minutes before I say the name of the <laughs> show. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, we, we did it. We did it! Yes. All right, should we talk uh, about articles? Or, oh, no, we need uh, to talk about our week first. Yeah, yeah, tell me about your week. What have you been up to? Uh, uh, oh, uh, before you do, uh, we apologize for missing uh, last week, as we said just in this opening here. It's the holiday season. It's December. We're probably going to miss another week uh, somewhere this month. It's going to happen, and, uh, you know, I apologize, but uh, uh, for if you're hearing this, I'm happy you're sticking with us. Uh, that makes us feel really good. We'll do our best to at least have something, but yeah, if uh, if your feed is dry, that's that's the reason. Is just Christmas. <laughs> um, but yes, no, June. Tell me about your week. 
my week was good. Um, mostly like getting ready for the house stuff has been our week. Uh, we sung on Sunday in our church choir, which was fun. And then what did we do? Oh yeah, uh, Carolyn recently joined World Health and I have agreed to be a workout buddy. So I went to my first workout at World Health, which uh, it's nice. It's really big. It's at North Hill Mall um, and it's quite large. And yeah, the staff there are really excellent. It's like I've I've joined other gyms in the past. This is the first one where somebody actually took me around and showed me in like very detailed, explicit terms just how to use the machines and how to sit properly so that I'm not, you know, not hurting yourself. Or, yeah. Yeah. So that that was really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I started watching this show called Overlord on Crunchyroll, which I guess I can talk the- about more later, but. Yeah, that one's been uh, 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 suggested to me several times. Um, that's the one where the the video game, uh, a video uh, MMO is being like the servers are shutting off, and then a guy just doesn't. It's doesn't leave the server. Is that right? Are you familiar with the genre isekai? Uh, Vaguely, could you it's, remind me? It, the yeah. English equivalent is portal fantasy. Um, okay. Basically, anime where people get transported to another world, usually like your medieval fantasy tropes. Um, yeah. So, like, f- for example, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, if it was an anime, it would be considered an isekai. Um, I would watch that anime, to pardon? be honest. Yeah. I'd probably watch um, that anime. <laughs> Escaflone, way back in the day, it would have been Isekai. Oh, um, I forgot about Escaflone. Yeah, yeah. Like, Isekai is it is a fairly common genre. Sword Art Online is generally considered to be an Isekai. Um, so on and so forth. So this one, it's, uh, yeah, basically, he stays until the server shut down, and then he finds himself actually in the game as his character. And the hook in this particular show is that in the game he played on a guild whose rule was you don't have any human characters. So they were basically role-playing like an evil guild, um, essentially. Uh, the game, like all you know, fictional video games, it doesn't seem like it could actually be a real game, but the premise was a heavy PvP focus. So basically your guild would build a base, and then other players would try to attack your base, so you would fill your base with all these powerful NPCs that basically guarded it, um, and then there was a lot of, you know, typical MMO trappings. And his guild was apparently the most powerful guild on the server, and he was the leader of the guild. And so when the servers were shutting down, he was the only one that actually stayed around until the server shut off completely. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, still there, and he's like, I thought that the servers just shut down. And then, like, the NPCs are suddenly talking to him, and they can breathe, and they have pulses. And he's like, the heck? And he can't bring up his, like, in-game UI, and he can't log out, and he can't contact the GM. And all of these servants are like, uh, evil master, you stayed behind till the end, yay, thank you. And he's like, uh, okay. So, uh, it's, it's fun, um, in that he is trying to role-play an evil overlord, even though he's just, like, an average Japanese salaryman. Um... It's definitely well done for what it is. It does have a lot of the standard problematic elements of that kind of anime where the women are blatantly sex objects. And 
I mean, they kind of hang a lampshade on it in the sense that these are NPCs that were programmed by human players to be, you know, fantasy wish fulfillment. Nonetheless, it becomes obvious pretty quickly that they're not actually examining this so much as simply exploiting it like every other anime out there, which, eh. I mean, that's always that's always the hang-up, because, like, e- we always end up doing more reading into, like, the exploration than the show ever does. Yeah, and I mean, like, it to me, there's there's certainly, you know, something to be said for just shut up and enjoy it, and yeah, that's fine. At the same time, it's like, you know, okay, for shows like this, it would be really nice if some of them could actually explore some of these problems, but hey, whatever. Um, what the show does well, it does it does quite well, and that is introducing interesting multi-layered characters. Um, there are definitely moments where the character is full evil in a way that goes beyond just role-playing. Um, like, I think the hook is supposed to be that he is a good-natured person who is supposed to pretend to be evil, but then, like, for example, there's this one part where one of... He's he's playing as the Overlord, and one of the things that he does is he puts on, like, a disguise to pretend to be just a common adventurer so that he can get information. Um, and then one of his Wonderlings is running amok, so he has to go chase them down. And then there's another adventurer who's like, well, I want to come with you. And he's like, no, don't, don't come with me. I got that. He's like, no, I'm definitely coming with you. And he says to the adventurer, if you come with me, you will die. And the adventurer's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm coming with you. And so then the the next scene is the adventurer is tied up. And the overlord is like, yeah, sorry, we had to do this. And the adventurer's like, you guys will pay for this. And the overlord's like, no, kill him. And then they just kill him. And this is a character who was kind of obnoxious, but also had like 10 seconds of screen time. And they just straight up murder him. And it's like, yeah, yeah that, that's not, you can't, you can't justify that. Like, there's... Yeah, it's it's just like no, that's that's straight up evil, and okay then. The <laughs> um, little things like that, like I'm being overly nitpicky. The show is quite entertaining, and I would recommend. Honestly, I'm just overanalyzing. I mean, that's that's what we do here. <laughs> I True. mean, I I, yes. I honestly feel like we could just do a hard pivot into uh, uh, media. Uh, dissection with this show, I, but that's not what we're about here. People think that I don't like movies because I love to pick them apart. Uh, that's what I like to do with movies that I enjoy. So yes, I am enjoying this show. It's it's really funny. The characters are great. And there's these moments where it's like, that's not what you're actually trying to do here. Like, you know, it it's one of those moments where you're trying to think of this guy as like, you know, a lovable everyman, and then it's like, yeah, no, he's he's just a straight-up burner, like, whatever. Um, anyways, sorry. Uh, that's, you're good. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the articles. So awesome. if you're listening, uh, you have no doubt uh, surmised by now that we are a podcast where we discuss uh, strange or interesting news articles uh, that may have escaped your notice just because that's the... Uh, it's very loud hellscape that we live in is just constantly bombarded by news. Then you just gotta ignore it sometimes. Yes. So you're talking um, about things that aren't news and no politics today. And uh, well, I mean, some politics maybe. You're uh, it's like I don't, I don't consider what uh, you're bringing politics, but I know that uh, like 
probably half of the uh, comments I've seen about it is saying how uh, they're making, <laughs> they're trying to force a political agenda on actors and on uh, Star Wars. So, I mean, we'll, I... Pro- we'll, we'll probably seductively brush up against politics, but we're going to try not to talk about it too much. All right, that's... That's one point I guess I should address then if yeah. you're right. Like yes, this is an issue that people will will say is political. It is political in the sense that a lot of people are trying very hard to make issues like this not be political issues. We are trying to drag these issues out of the political sphere, kicking and screaming, and people within the political sphere don't want these to be non-political issues because politicians need to punch down sometimes. Anyway, sorry. Okay, moving away from politics. Um, No. Okay. I mean, like I said, we're probably going to run up against it because that is the nature of the discourse around this. But why don't you tell me about the uh, article you brought? I've uh, read it, uh, read a couple different articles with the news outlet. I can't remember which one you sent it here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty like as far as the the story itself, pretty straightforward. Billy D. Williams, um, who played Lando Calrissian. Hey, we got back to Star Wars. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, he has identified as, what is the specific term? Gender fluid. Yep. So, yeah, and that's, that's basically it. Like, that's the whole story. But I think that that's, you know, really cool that, A, um, he is, is comfortable, um, you know, saying that about himself. Like, you know, it is something that is very personal and it is something that a lot of people will view as being politically charged. When, like, you know, speaking personally, gender identity is, it's not a political statement. At least it shouldn't have to be. Um, It's just who you freaking are. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an analogy that doesn't, like, completely dismiss the significance, but... So, um, I've got one because I read it uh, pretty recently. Mm. Um, People... Uh, the trash goblins on the internet. Yeah. Uh, the ones that consume media and mm. don't and do that instead of having a personality. Yeah. Um, they are the ones that whenever a video game has a female protagonist or lets you choose your own pronouns. Yeah. Or uh, has uh, uh, gay or lesbian relationships portrayed in it. Mm. Or. Uh, has, you know, deigns to have a uh, uh, POC as a playable character or something like that. Yeah. They see that as trying to uh, get the social justice warrior uh, people to have interest in the game. And those, those, uh, those shitbergs will always be like, you're just trying to be political. Because at the end of the day... The way that they see see comics and movies and video games and TV shows and any book or anything, any sort of entertainment property, what they see is there is two genders, there's male, and then there's political. And they they see two races, white and political, and they see two sexualities, straight and political. And that's, that is all they see. 
They yep. think that every single time that they that you know Star Trek wants to cast uh, an Arab uh, uh, Arab trans lesbian uh, actress for the new show that they're doing, they're just like, "Well, I'm not gonna watch it now because I, Star Trek is about having a, a white straight sex god Kirk on the bridge, and I can't." I can't get behind anything that doesn't just give me more Kirk. And then it's like, okay, well, then fuck off, because I'm going to watch this thing. The thing is, like, again, using using Star Trek as an example, Star Trek is deeply political. Like, from the first episode, from the first iteration onward, it is a very political show. Now, yeah. granted, like, okay, the original Star Trek, like all static media, um, has aged... It's got in- some issues, <laughs> Well, and more to the point, problems. like a lot of the stuff that we that at the time was, you know, very progressive these days is like either not a big deal or kind of even a little bit regressive. And that's fine, you know, um, and whatever your view of Star Trek, whether you feel that it's progressive or regressive or what have you, like that's completely fair. It is important to understand it's static media, which means it's not going to suddenly change. But also like you can't make any kind of rational claim that Star Trek is apolitical because it was never that. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, yeah. when we're talking about old media, I mean, again, it's always going to be, it's static. It is yeah. a product of its time. And when it's making, you know, it's making sweeping, uh, like progressive ideas and, yep. and, and plots and trying to, like, ultimately it's like, okay mm-hmm. kirk and her kissed and that's the first time it's ever happened on tv and uh for uh, a white person and a black person to share an on-screen kiss that is like that was huge and earth shattering and then now it's just like okay yep i mean cool mm-hmm. uh but yeah like they have zero chemistry so i it's hard to believe but all right yeah um and, like, even more recent examples, like, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is another show that... Oh, God, it's so hard to watch these days. I know, right? It was very progressive for its time, and now it's regressive. But, again, it was it was definitely not apolitical. And, yeah. and like, honestly, you take, like, anything that had serious social re- re- resonance, and I'm, I'm talking Star Wars, I'm talking Harry Potter, I'm talking... Uh, what was the other one we threw in there? Pokemon. Oh, yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe Pokemon. Nah. Is Pokemon apolitical? Kind of. No. no. Uh, the new the new game is is about climate change. Oh yes. Okay. It, it's real good. Awesome. <laughs> okay. I I've heard very good things about it. Pokemon is oh, a series that it, it, I never got into, but I've always like watched from the periphery and appreciated what little I know about it comparatively. Like I'm you know as familiar with Pokemon as any um, died in the wool geek would be, but yeah, I've just never really um, played the games. Um, honestly, if you were to get into it, I'd actually say start with this one or maybe the one before that for uh, the 3DS, uh, yeah. Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon was re- was really good, but I think that this is the game to start with. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I again, I have an appreciation for Pokemon. But, yeah, my point is that the whole... Okay, Saying that something is too political is 
a statement meant to shut down conversation. That is all that statement accomplishes. It is not, you're not making an argument, you're not making a point, you're not presenting any kind of ideal. You are simply trying to stop the conversation. Um, And that's like so many arguments. Like there's a deep, deep irony in people using or citing free speech as a means of shutting down conversation. Like I see this and it just blows my mind. Like the number of people who, you know, like they say something or do something awful and then they're like free speech. And as if that's just like the end of the conversation. And it's like, uh, we're, we're not done yet. Uh, we're still talking about this because, um, What's that term? Oh, yeah, free speech. Go fuck yourself. Um, sorry. It's, uh, it, it reminds me of the Dimitri Martin thing. It's like, uh, people only ever mention it's a free country when they're doing something shitty. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like, free speech as a concept is, you know, an absolutely crucial cornerstone of a free society. As a counter-argument, you are quite literally arguing for your right to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... More often, though, it's it's like, yeah, it's free speech from uh, being censored by the government, but not free freedom from reprisal of your peers. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's, what that actually it, means. No, it's like, you know, if 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 I say that that trans people don't deserve rights, and and you say, well, June, that's really inappropriate, and I say, well, I have a right to free speech, I am in a very literal sense, admitting that my position is fucked up, <laughs> yeah, right? You're, like, you, you, you have decided, you, you're, you decided the best argument was like, I know I'm wrong, but I'm not backing down. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like anytime, anytime somebody cites free speech as a counter argument, my immediate impression is that like, okay, you're just being an asshole because you can be an asshole, which yeah. you're allowed to be an asshole, I, but, I but... Mean, I guess. Sure. <laughs> the thing is, these people, they want to be assholes without being treated like they're assholes. Um, yeah. They, they want to be offensive without offending anyone, which, again, like, go fuck yourself. Uh, if you're going to say offensive things, I'm going to be offended and too bad. Like. Yeah. Anyways, uh, back to Billy D. Williams. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Billy D. Williams. Uh, super cool. I love it. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about, like, what gender diversity means and specifically the fact that there's a lot of people who don't seem to understand it uh they don't they they think that it's just like a fad or a thing that people are just you know it's like dyeing your hair or it's like you know wearing a new set of clothes and it's just something that you wear as a presentation and like yes and no but but not like that um have I, have I done a speech on, like, what gender is? Um, e- yes, but it was in our first series, which doesn't actually exist on the internet, so yeah. go for it. Okay, so if this is, okay, first and foremost, um, trying to unpack uh, nature and nurture, you know, biology versus socialization is a little bit like taking a bite of cake and spitting out just the sugar. They're, they're baked in together. You can't separate them. They influence each other. That said, there are definitely biological and social elements. Um, and examining the biological elements, every species on the planet with a gender exhibits gender-specific behavior. That is because in order to reproduce, there are at least four things that need to happen. And these four things are basically everything that kind of encompasses gender. 
uh, number one must self-identify, sorry, must identify potential mate, sexual orientation, right? Attraction. Uh, number two must self-identify for potential mate. And this is what we think of as gender identity or gender expression. Uh, number three, they have to know what to do when they find each other, which is an awkward subject. Uh, the word I like, and it doesn't have an official term, but uh, the term I've heard is gender embodiment. Um, and then number four, uh, they have to know what to do with their offspring. And we call this parenting. Um, all four of these behaviors are necessary for reproduction. Uh, all four of these behaviors are observable in humans, they are observable in animals. So we can say with a very high level of confidence that they are regulated by instinct. Um, just because these instincts exist and they definitely influence our behavior, they affect every individual slightly differently. Um, looking at parenting, uh, which is a very well understood and non-controversial subject as far as humans have strong emotional bonds to their children as a general rule. Uh, that is not a controversial statement, but you know, some parents, uh, when their kids are born, they will say that it was like a light came on inside them and their entire world refocused around this, this new life and other parents, you know, they love their kids, but it wasn't this like massive world changing things. It's more like a gentle glow. And then some parents just don't. Who knows why? Maybe Some parents trauma. just suck. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, you can't necessarily say why or how. There may or may not be reasons, and some of those factors are going to be genetic, some of those factors are going to be social, whatever. The point is that these instincts do exist, they do influence our behavior, and they affect everyone differently. Um, looking at item number one on our list, uh, sexual orientation and attraction, again, uh, some human beings on this planet find men to be very attractive. Some people find women to be very attractive. Some people are attracted to both genders to varying degrees. Some people just don't really care. Some people like romance, but not intimacy. Some people like intimacy, but not romance. Some people have no time for any of that, whatever. And that is all fine. Um, and then when it comes to gender identity, I would posit that the same general principles apply that, you know, people feel a sense or a need to express themselves as masculine or to express themselves as feminine to varying degrees. Um, and again, it's not something that you decide. Uh, it may be influenced to varying degrees by genetic and environmental factors, who knows? One thing that we do know is that there is no way to, shall we say, steer the ship. Um, any attempts to you know, deliberately uh, direct a person down a particular path have all ended terribly. There's all kinds of examples, mostly involving intersex, but there's also the case of David Reimer, who I know I've talked about, yeah. um, where like they basically had a cisgender man that they tried to raise as a woman. It went very poorly. He was not a woman. Um, there are lots of examples of intersex where they are assigned a gender at birth. Like literally the doctors look at the reproductive parts and say, I don't know what that is. And they just kind of guess. And the end result is no better than random. So, you know, they will take these people, they will say, we're going to make you a girl. And the results are like maybe 50-50 as to whether or not that person identifies as female, regardless of how they are raised. Um, and that's, that's important to understand that, you know, again, these instincts definitely exist. They definitely affect our behavior. And it is impossible, at least by any means that people have attempted, which is a lot, it is impossible to change them, but it is also not something that falls under like neat, clean, definitive lines, right? right. So for Billy D. Williams to identify as gender fluid, um, 
it should be understood that the language around this is not fully established, so that different people have different ideas on what these words mean. Uh, gender fluidity, um, in the most common usage, means that their sense of gender fluctuates. Um, and again, that's not to say that they pick and choose, and it's not to say that, like, it is less valid than other gender identities. Uh, like, they don't, they don't choose to have their gender fluctuate. They don't wake up today and be like, mm, today I'm going to be a boy, and maybe right now I'm going to be a woman. It just, it just sort of happens. Like, however their, their instincts are wired, whatever, it, it is constantly shifting. And that sounds like it would actually be really frustrating. Um, and then yeah. you have people who have, you know, like a stable sense of genders, but they, they feel both genders, or they feel neither gender, or varying degrees. Again, like everyone's different. Um, but it's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty broad, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a very narrow topic yeah. to, to discuss with such a broad brush. Yes. Um, the, uh, this all came through with an interview for Esquire magazine. Mm, yeah. Uh, just referring back to the article, just to... Just to get us through this so that, uh, because I, I actually do think he, um, they, uh, he was using masculine pronouns during the Esquire article, so I'm going to go with that right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I, he, it does say here that, um, he did not explicitly come out as gender fluid or gender non-binary. Okay. Uh, but, uh, this interview is uh like being held up by lgbtq advocates like the human rights campaign uh which congratulated in a tweet for quote coming out and living your truth as gender fluid so while oh, he okay. he while he didn't he didn't specific like specify that's uh what he means by it i mean it's very clear the way he was talking um, so in the interview, it says here, uh, I never tried to be anything except myself. Uh, I think of myself as a relatively colorful character who doesn't take himself or herself too seriously. And as you see, I say himself and herself because I also see myself as femi feminine as well as masculine. Mm. I'm, I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. So, like, he used very, uh, I, I don't feel like it was super cautious language yeah. around the subject, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't, like, actively specifying. He just said, hey, this is a, this is a thing that I know about myself, and so this is the way that I'm going to talk. Yeah, and I think that that's actually a really important point, is that, hmm. For some, the labels really help them to figure themselves out and self-identify. And then for some, the labels aren't as important. And I think that, you know, labels, like anything else, are really only as valuable as they are useful to the people using them. Yeah, so to say that he is gender fluid, uh, I, again, I was kind of reading the article, but perhaps I was reading too much into that. Um, and I don't necessarily think that there should be a label in all cases. Um, it, it's very much up to the individual how they choose to see themselves. And yeah, I think it's really cool that they 
are comfortable enough with their own self-identification that they don't necessarily see the need to distinguish, you know, himself, herself. They're, they just see themselves as himself, herself. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm feeling you on that. Like, I, I do the... Um, uh, the labels uh, labels are like your uh, the washing instructions on a t-shirt yeah right it, it's great to know it's great for reference but I mean at a certain part in your life you shouldn't you shouldn't need the label to begin with like that's, you should you should just know how to do this that that is actually I like that that's really cool I might steal that um, <laughs> you, you cannot steal what is a gift Aw, <laughs> yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, I mean, to me, I look at self-identification in the same way that, like, if if somebody tells me they have a headache, right? Mm. Um, and headache is one of those things where it is as subjective as something gets, and yes. it is also a undeniable fact. Uh, no matter how existential or philosophical you want to get, if you have a headache. You have a headache, whether you are a prisoner in Plato's cave, a living battery hooked up to the matrix, if you're a brain in a jar, if you're a butterfly dreaming that they are a human, you have a headache. It doesn't, doesn't matter what else My is or isn't real. <laughs> yeah, Get right? Me an Advil. Right? I'm like, a butterfly, damn you know, somebody, somebody says, I have a headache. You can't argue with that. Um, and you can't say it's not real. Um, there is no opinion. <laughs> Unless you want to really start uh, debating philosophy. No, like, legally, you can't tell someone that they don't have a headache. If you're an employer and somebody says, I have a headache, you legally have to believe them. Um, and and there isn't a philosophy that can deny you have a headache. I think, therefore, I am is an absolute truth. One of the very few absolute truths. But... Again, like, if every other aspect of reality is a fiction, your fucking head hurts, right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't uh, matter why it hurts. It's like, oh, your head doesn't really hurt. It's, it's aliens. They're psychically influencing you. Yeah, my, it, it's still a headache. Like, yeah, it's still a goddamn headache. Yeah. Get, get me some ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. It's, it's a construct of the Matrix. Cool. Is it going to make the headache go away? Great. I don't... I don't care. Like the steak tastes juicy and delicious as, <laughs> as you see in the matrix, right? Like anyways, your head doesn't hurt. It's an illusion of the matrix. Well then download me some Aleve. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. anyways, um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, like, you know, saying, Oh, it's political. And it's like, no man, I have a fucking headache. That's not political. You know, I identify as a female or a male or gender fluid. It's not political. It's just simply stating a subjective, but nonetheless, very absolute fact. You've you've done it, June. You've done it. Okay. You have you've boiled down gender identity to its core uh, core concepts. I don't have a gender. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's uh, move on to uh, uh, something that's not political. All right then. Uh, so I sent you this article from the BBC. Yes. A dog starts a house fire in Essex by turning on the microwave. So was the dog trained to do this or it just no. felt like it? It just wanted some popcorn? It's burrito was cold? Like... <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, I mean, the article itself is pretty much a, hey, uh, be aware of how you store things in your kitchen. Because, like, uh, microwaves in general are incredibly easy to accidentally turn on, uh, especially for uh, larger animals that, you know, have the weight uh, that could push buttons, or for, like, small children who don't understand the whole concept of action-reaction sort of thing, right? So you just got to be careful about how you set up your, your kitchen so that you don't accidentally burn down your house. Um, I thought this was hilarious, though, because uh, it's the BBC, so all of the complaints that I have about uh, uh, article writing is, like, exemplified in this. <laughs> um so uh, a dog started a house fire when it managed to turn the micro, uh, microwave on, said the fire service. Okay, this is this is the part that I'm like, God, these people get paid by the word or something. Because the, the opening line here, the husky type animal, which was left on its own in the house in Stanford Lee Hope, turned on the appliance which was on a worktop in the kitchen. I'm assuming that's a British word? What is a worktop? I... Uh, counter space. Okay, that makes sense. But, like, seriously, it's... The dog was at home alone, turned on the microwave in the kitchen. I... I... I <laughs> like... Isn't there a pro? Are we sponsored by Grammarly yet? Because I wanna, I wanna feed this through Grammarly and see if it's like too many goddamn words, you dummy. That's um, definitely a run-on sentence. Yeah, um, right. Like, and also, yeah, it, it, it's it's overly packed. You're a writer, you know that. It's like you're you're getting bogged down by the details. You just say the sentence. Yeah. It. <laughs> It doesn't really flow. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like These could I mean, be separate sentences. Um, yeah, maybe it's Britishisms, and that's the, like where we're getting lost in it. But, I mean, I've read Dickens. I've read uh, uh, Douglas Adams. I've read uh, Neil Gaiman. I've read uh, Emerly Bronte, which is, the, which is, like, the closest to this. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, maybe it is just British writing. Wait, was Emily Bronte British or American? I don't Bronte know who Bronte is. Yeah, sorry. You don't know Bronte? Oh. <laughs> I, I okay. am uneducated, apparently. Um, <laughs> educate uh, me, Josh. Tell me. Uh, it was a... Um, she was a... Uh, one of the sisters Bronte. Um, oh, them. No, she... I don't know. <laughs> Uh, wrote a bunch of, uh, like, those classics that everybody reads. Uh, there was Charlotte Bronte, uh, Emily Bronte. Okay. Uh, Jane I Irie, uh, they wrote that one. Oh, Jane Eyre, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, or Eyre, yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> okay, you I have heard of now? Jane Eyre, yes, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, just run on sentence, too much detailing. I mean, I'm uh, sure I'm gonna get hate from those from the English majors, but <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 very. They're just trying to pack in all of these details 
as yes. quickly as possible. Commas when there doesn't need to be. Sentences <laughs> that really should be separate sentences. Um, like a packet of bread rolls, um, comma, yes. which had been placed inside, comma, began to burn comma. and caused a small fire, comma, Essex Fire Service said. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but yeah. this is. So yeah, a packet of bread rolls, which had been placed inside, began to burn and caused a small fire. Yeah, you don't need that many. I mean, like, none of those yeah. comments are necessary. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I could probably fix this one. I would definitely take out the comma between a packet of bread rolls, which had been placed inside. Like, you don't need a comma there. You don't really need a comma before the word began. Um, no. Uh, and you could start the sentence with Essex Fire Service said, or sorry, according to Essex Fire Service, a packet of bread rolls had been placed inside and began to burn, which then caused a small fire. You know, I, I say even take out uh, the qualifiers. A packet of bread rolls placed inside began to burn and cause a small fire. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly um... cleaner. Doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't feel as run on. I mean, this is this is completely apart from the article itself. It's just <laughs> I I despise article writing, and this is what we chose the podcast to be about. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm like an amateur writer. You know, I'm writing a book very yeah. slowly. Yeah. So <laughs> I think about sentence structure a lot, and uh, I have to write a lot of work emails, which again, like I'll usually edit and revise a few times until I'm like, okay, this seems like something a sane person would write. Uh, my favorite part about this is that uh, the owner of the house and dog uh, had probably had like um, one of those house alarm things all set up for to the phone because you've got uh, texts and he had a live feed camera uh, set up to find out what was what was happening. Uh, so uh, I just I. I mean, there's going to be that panic that sets in where you're like, oh, no, somebody broke in and, and is trying to burn down my house for some reason or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, you're probably looking at the phone and just like, my fucking dog start a fire? <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, like, okay, maybe this is just me, but the idea of leaving stuff inside of a microwave or an oven, what have you, just like... Maybe it's because I spent a lot of time living with stoners uh, when I was in my early 20s um, and was one of those stoners. Uh, but, like, that just... It just chafes at, like, why would you do that? That is just a bad idea. You're just asking for a problem to happen. Like, I don't know. No, uh, that tracks because um, uh, Camilla left uh, our baking sheets in the oven... And I did yeah. not know that when I was heating up the oven. And that caused a big old problem when I went to put food in the oven. Yeah, so, and, it, like, baking sheets are at least a thing that makes sense inside an oven, like bread rolls. It's like your your kitchen is so full that you have nowhere else to put the bread rolls. Maybe, maybe I'm just being overly judgy, but... Eh. Eh. You put, I mean, our, my position is... Put the bread rolls in the fridge if they're if they're leftovers, right? It yeah. keeps them from they go stale faster, but it keeps them from molding too fast. So ah, yes, you just yeah. you take the bread out of the fridge, you toast them a little bit, they get soft again. Or you mm. put them put a paper, uh, wet paper towel over them and microwave them for like five seconds. It makes them soft again. Ah, it's yes, fine. Yeah. So that's, that's good like, advice. I will try that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Starting um, with the microwave is like. 
It's ridiculous. I, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you had, before this happened, if you had said to them, gee, you shouldn't leave those bread rolls in the microwave, that could start a fire, he would have been like, what are you, stupid? How am I going to start a fire? And then, of course... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that has to happen yeah. in a movie, but in real life, he's just like, these go fucking air, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, so, uh, the... Uh, watch manager at the Coringham fire station calls it a very strange incident. Uh, said the firefighters have found the kitchen filled with smoke, but they made sure the flames did not spread to the rest of the house. The dog is fine. Yay! By the way, for that's the good. People. That's important. Uh, yeah. The dog was not hurt, uh, says the fire service. Hey, uh, June, uh, will you give me your British accent in uh, re- read some of these here, here quotes? It demonstrates that microwaves shouldn't be used to store food when they aren't in use. Always keep your microwave clean and free of clutter or food of any packaging. Animals or children can turn them on more easily than you might think. So please don't run the risk. The dog Thank was not you, hurt. The service is added. Yes. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know it's not the best English accent in the world, but I, uh, I think I'm going to do the rest of the podcast in this accent if you're okay with that. Uh, we're now the posh upper crust uh podcast um well i mean we've, we've put harry potter in the title so i think we have to oh, attempt to uh sink into that whole um ambiance or what have you i don't know <laughs> i don't care darling it's fine i just want to talk like this because it amuses me okay uh let's uh let's play our very fun game that we usually do with these shorter articles yes what is our fun game June. Yeah. What is the weirdest uh, way that you've caused a uh, fire? Like whether it's uh, something you're cooking, or did you like leave a curling iron on a stack of newspapers, or like what was the thing where you're like, oh fuck, I almost burned down the house. Oh my goodness, uh, this has definitely happened. And I am drawing a blank. Um, uh, I think the scariest is when you accidentally put, like, metal or something. um, In the microwave? Yeah, no. Okay, so uh, the one that scared me the most was uh, I was heating up, what was it? Uh, I think it was spaghetti sauce. And obviously I took the lid off, right? But, like, I figured the jar is glass, it should be fine. And then I walked away, and then I came back, and there was this, like, really weird smell and this really weird noise. And, like, the, there's actual electricity arcing within the glass, and, like, there was this smoke, and it was just, like, the scariest thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Did you find out what, why? I have no idea why. I thought it was just a glass. Maybe it was something in the paper, or who, we, like, that might have been foil or something in the paper. I have no idea, but it scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about is... you? What is the weirdest or craziest fire? Um... Okay, well, I lived on, like, up in the sticks for a long time, so there's, like, a ton of stories of, like, uh, I took a log out of the fire pit or something because I didn't think it was catching, and it was, like, burnt on the bottom side, and I tossed it in, like, a pile of of drier grass, and it could have just started a huge fire. Um, So, like, I got a bunch of those, like... I've walked into the house with like an ember caught on one of on like my jacket and not realize it and it fell onto the carpet like that stuff's happened. Mm. Um, 
uh, I've also had some like really bad luck with stoves when I was a kid. I actually put my arm down on uh, uh, the stove burner while it was still hot by mistake. Um, and I had this huge, horrible burn on my forearm. Uh, it's it didn't scar. I'm, I'm lucky that uh, it didn't actually scar, but like I had this huge red, uh, just horrible burn uh, on my arm for like months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I pulled a deep fryer on myself once. <clears throat> oh, oh God, really? Ah, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my um, god, my entire body, like my butthole just clenched all the way back up into my body. I'm smooth now. <laughs> you have robbed me of my butthole. Uh, sorry or you're welcome, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was four years old. Um, I was in the kitchen playing this game with my sister. Hey, look guys, it's future Josh here. Uh, I am recording this during the edit um listened through the podcast again and june's story about being horribly burned as a child uh is just it's a bit too much um it's very uh it's not great um i went back and forth uh for about an hour now uh deciding whether or not to just have it removed or to keep it in and just add like a content warning, something like that. Ultimately, I decided that I just, I can't in good conscience have it in here. It's it's pretty graphic. Um, it's, it's too much. Um, I only cut around the parts uh, where she was describing uh, the cause of and nature of the injury and a small stint in a hospital uh, while she was recovering. And of course, she's fine now. Uh, This happened a long time ago uh, when she was a child. She's okay. And ultimately it was a scary incident and that's what we took away from it. Uh, Those reactions I had were 100% genuine. Uh, She had never told me that story before. And uh, if she had, I would have known to tell her not to include it. It's, um, it was pretty bad. So I'm just, I just cut that part out. I'm putting you back into the episode. Uh, take it away past Josh and June. Well, like, I, I still have the scars. Uh, oh oh, my there's God. a big scar on my arm. There's a scar on my chest. Uh, some on my feet. Yeah. Hoof. Hoof. Uh, I thought this was going to be a fun story. I am I, so... Ugh. I, yeah, I'm so... I thought I... Okay. I, uh... Yeah. Uh, Oof. It's one well, of those things I... that, like, I, I just kind of assume that I tell people, but maybe I haven't. I don't know. No, I don't remember you ever telling me that one. That is... That's so, brutal. Sorry this got dark. Yeah. Uh, the questions people would always ask is, did it hurt and did you cry? <laughs> it's like, those are very stupid questions. That said, I don't really remember the pain uh like yes obviously it would have but like i was in shock i was i was definitely in shock i was just like what the heck is happening um and crying i mean i don't see how i would not have been crying but again like (laughs) i don't the whole incident is just kind of a blur like flashes of memory if that makes sense it does i just 
I really did think this was just going to be the the fun story about how I I put like a full one of those plastic ice ice cream jugs on like a hot burner on the stove and it just melted and like all the ice cream poured out everywhere oh, and it's like that's probably the closest <laughs> I came to burning down the kitchen ha ha, ha. I was a dumb twelve year old ha 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 but um, yeah ooh, sorry I didn't brutal. I didn't mean to make this dark yeah <laughs> uh, I mean I was four it was ages ago it's fine <laughs> yeah it's like I, I survived <laughs> who cares. No, my parents were freaked out. They, I feel yeah. bad for my parents. Well, yeah. They... Yeah. Anyways, happy things. Let's talk about happy, happy things. Ha- what, well, let's, what are uh, you enjoying these days? Oh, uh, that's so sweet of you to ask. Um, I have literally just been playing uh, the new Pokemon. Uh, awesome. We bought uh, Shield Edition because that's the one that has the Ponyta Unicorn. Um, June, you haven't... I don't expect you to have seen it. Hmm. Uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and pull up what this looks like. Awesome. I'm going to send you the link real quick so that you can see it. Uh, but, uh, as soon as it was announced, uh, everybody was just like, Oh my god, the uh, Ponyta says trans rights, because it's kind of the uh, trans flag color, so... Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like a pastel-y, greenish, pinkish, whitish thing, so ah, it's... Yes. it's uh, so when we were deciding, on, uh, I'm like, well, I think we should get Sword, because, like, kind of the theme of uh, when me and Camelot buy Pokemon games, we buy, you know... The two oh, that's so cute! I love that. Yeah, that right? is, it's adorable. That is very trans flag. Um, <clears throat> yeah, may or may not be deliberate. Like teal and pink are colors that go good together. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate it. And honestly, yeah. I think the idea that colors are exclusively for like one demographic is problematic. But I'm glad that you know uh, I can see these colors and be like, aw. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see that and like. If that's, you know, a big part of your life, you can see those colors and be like, well, this one is for me. This is mine. Exactly. I get this. Yes. Yeah. And other people and who I, don't identify, that is not so cool if you like these colors and it doesn't mean anything. And that's cool too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when we were buying the this game, because we were like, we only have one Switch. We share it. We can share the game. It doesn't matter. So let's just buy one copy because they're like 70 bucks, right? Yeah. Um, so we're like, well, uh, I'm thinking we should get Sword just because, you know, it's more representative of us. And then Cam was like, well, which one has the ponyta in it? Because I want the one that has the ponyta in it. And so we found out that was Shield. I'm like, all right, Shield it is. So, sorry, Shield has the ponyta or Sword has the ponyta? Shield has the ponyta. The reason we were leaning towards Sword is because the legendary uh for that game it's the pokemon that's on the box is just a dog with a sword in its mouth and i'm oh. like fuck yeah that's the what and then we found out ponyta's uh exclusive to shield so we're like okay we're getting shield then <laughs> uh i want the dog with the sword in his mouth but i also want the unicorn ah! well here's the thing if yeah. you if you do end up playing it, I will catch an extra ponyta. I will trade that to you, and that way you can have both the ponyta, the the trans right ponyta, and uh, the dog with a sword. Oh yeah, that's right. You can share with other Pokemon players. Uh, yeah. Is that easy to do with the Switch? Uh, you need like a Pokemon or a, a Nintendo Online account. Yeah, which I have. Uh, 
Okay, then yeah, it's it's just a normal trade system. Sweet. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so uh, if you do end up getting that game, go ahead and get the uh, the sword edition, and I will trade you uh, the the edition exclusives from Shield. I still have to be Dragon Quest Ten. And I'm playing way too much Final Fantasy still. Yeah. <laughs> well, if if uh, it goes on sale, uh, I highly recommend it because one of the mini games that that you play with just like because you, you get to play with your Pokemon, mm. uh, and the new thing is you get to go camping with them, and so you can play you you can talk you can play fetch with them. You get these uh, big. Uh, balls to throw and they bring them back to you and you got like a little cat toy that you can wave around and they attack it that's great but the best part is you can make curry and that is like I am way too invested in the curry mini game (laughs) I'm like I haven't played an actual part of it I'm now just like searching for rare ingredients and getting like rare berries to add to my curry I'm I have I've beaten the first three gyms i haven't progressed since then because i'm like holy shit there's rare berries here this is gonna go great my curry um so that's all i've been doing uh what about you you uh you were watching over over overlord and uh anything else you wanted people to check out yeah um it's pretty good uh oh the new season of dragon prince came out um so that has also been good. I've been watching a lot of interesting YouTube videos. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that really stand out as like worthy of recommendation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I find myself watching like a lot of political YouTube videos. Go figure. Um, yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, because like, there's just so much shit going on these days. It helps to put it into context. Um, just have people who have the time to actually dig through that explain it to you that's kind of how i'm doing now yeah and like it's comforting to have you know actual deep dive analysis of what is being said and why it's either valid and or fucked up um which you know i don't necessarily want the internet doing all of my thinking for me but you know that's why as long as you're critical but it's it's always like I don't have the time to go get a master's degree in political science. So the people who do have the time to, you know, dissect everything and explain it to a dullard like me. Yeah. And um, like, I think I'm fairly capable of being like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about or this person has no clue. And it's not necessarily along ideological basis. Like there's people where I am definitely on board with their ideology, but their arguments are crap. And I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, um, like some of my favorites, I'm sorry. Nothing just jumping to mind. Uh, nothing that I would like recommend wholeheartedly. Uh, like H Bomber guy is still one of the best. Oh yeah. I'm, I didn't watch his newest video. I gotta go back and, and watch that one. Yeah. He's talking about, oh yeah. The video game that he talks about, it is, he's like, this game is terrible. Don't play it. And I love it. Which one is it? Uh, I think it's called Pathologic. Okay, yes, yeah, that is the one that I haven't. I was waiting to watch till you know I actually had time because his videos are usually around an hour. So I'm like, I gotta make sure that I I don't have anything to do. It's one of those like watching him talk about it is absolutely fascinating, and he's like, 
when he says that this game is not fun and, and I don't recommend it, it's like, yeah, this game looks terrible, but also, like, really, really cool. So I'm <laughs> glad that there's a person who actually played it and can tell all the cool parts without having to suffer through all the garbage. <laughs> all right, cool. So rec- recommend H-Bomber guy again. Yeah, no. I, think, uh, I feel I, like we recommend him every couple of weeks. He's he's super awesome. Um, I mean, there's others like, ooh, Inuendo Studios is actually really good. Um, he does, like, deep dive analysis into, like, the alt-right, and specifically, like, what is their actual ideology, how do they spread their ideology, how do they recruit, um, how to, you know, approach them in any kind of, uh, rational, but also, like, how to dismantle them, how to, you know, mitigate their influence kind of thing. Um, he, he is very good. Uh, there's a bunch of, like, random YouTubers that, like, you can tell that their hearts are in the right places, but they just don't have the solid arguments or the solid understanding, and you're like, eh. They, they, they don't got, they don't got the muscle to back up the talk. Yes, yeah, or, like, they say things that, like, okay, Peter Coffin is a prime example. I, I like Peter Coffin, I enjoy his videos, he is entertaining, um, he, I, I genu- genuinely agree with where he's coming from and what he's advocating. Um, some of his arguments are very conjecture based, very, like it's, it's, it, it comes across as ideological rather than based on like solid, uh, rationale, if that makes sense. Like it's... Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of like a lot of what people tend to say about me, where it's like, hey, it would be great if, you know, we actually got a full lunch hour and that we were paid well and all that stuff. And then they're coming back with, well, those are just things you want. Why don't you need to give me proof? And I'm like, well, there's this study and this study. It's been a while since I read them, so I couldn't, like, tell you the actual numbers on it. And then they're like, so you don't actually know. Okay, bye. And it's like... I, I just don't have the time to do all the research. It, Where are you going? Okay, bye. <laughs> fair enough. And uh, yeah, like, and that's, that's like with Peter Coffin, I, I actually do like him. I enjoy his videos and I, I do watch them. Um, and again, like I totally agree with where he's coming from. Um, but what I get, what I guess I'm saying is not even like, you know, we should have more lunch hours or things that are kind of obvious on their surface. He'll talk about like, um, you know, social structures and ideologies and it's stuff that I agree with because that's stuff that I agree with, but it's, it doesn't, he, he it doesn't, doesn't provide an citation needed. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like I'm trying to think of clear examples. Like he was talking about the Joker movie as, as I guess an example. And he really liked the messaging in the movie and I can see why he liked the messaging in the movie. And, you know, he was talking about how... Like, I haven't actually seen the movie, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass as well. <laughs> but uh, I've definitely watched a lot of people analyze the movie. And the people who criticize it aren't criticizing the messaging. They're criticizing the effectiveness of the writing and execution. Um, and and so, like, when Peter Kaufman is like, oh, yeah, you know, it's talking about, like, the failures of capitalism and, and how the system is you know, hurting everybody and how, you know, the, the people who are affected by the system, they don't always turn into good guys. And, you know, I can see why it resonates with him and why he likes it. But then you watch like another analysis who was like, yeah, the movie raises all of these ideas and then 
doesn't actually does do anything with, with them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I can kind of see both sides of it. And he just kind of, he, he talks with like, yeah, with a level of authority that is not exactly earned. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, you know, I, I agree with his conclusions and he presents, you know, a fairly reasonable chain of logic, but it's still very floaty. It's, it's just, it's not the way you would want to get to that conclusion i mean yeah like it's the kind of thing where if you already agree with him you're gonna listen to him and be like yeah i totally agree with what this guy is saying and if you don't already agree with him he's not going to convince anyone he's not going to make anybody stop and say oh yeah like i've been totally wrong about this and you know that has its place and so 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 june's suggestion today is check it out or don't it's fine (laughs) (laughs) like i said he's really entertaining and um he does raise some very, very good points. Like, I'm not saying that okay. <laughs> everything he says is flawed and floaty. Just some of it. Okay. And some stuff he says is, like, rock solid and spot on, and I totally support it. So whatever. And, like, I'm any better. Who am I? I'm nobody. But... <laughs> uh, we gotta wrap up, because oh, yeah, we sorry. have gone almost an uh, hour, 20 minutes. This might be oh, the longest. I thought we were I, gonna do a nice short I, one today. <laughs> I ramble. I'm so sorry. I just get out No, of it's... Right. A, hey, I'm... The half the reason we're doing it this way is so that we can, you know, sit down and actually chat and catch up. And, yeah. And I don't have to drive across the city and be like, no, I have to leave at eight, otherwise I'm not getting home. <laughs> so that's why we do it over over the Skype now. Um, that's it. Uh, if you wanted to find us on social media, June uh, can be found on Twitter at uh, Gemini underscore trans. And I am at Tescud, that's T-H-S-U-D. That is the same as our Patreon. If you have a dollar, it is the month of giving. It is December. Open up your hearts and wallet and find our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash T-H-S-U-D. If you don't have money, I know, you know, cash is tight around this time of year. That's fine. Uh, Just maybe share this with your friends. Give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice or whatever it is i mean you're listening to this on a computer just open your phone press the five stars and you're done it's good um i think that was a little that was a little bitchy wasn't it that was a little bit just a little bit but i mean (laughs) hey we live in a capitalist society you have to be a little bit mercenary gotta Uh, make that paper man right it's not (laughs) it's not about like how you come across it's about the results you get man yeah yeah (laughs) Um, that's it for us if you listen (laughs) thanks for listening if you didn't thanks for nothing allow us to play it i'll try not to be as bitchy next time (laughs) all right the music's playing It's Josh and Kamala, and we want to invite you to listen to our podcast, What We're Into. <laughs> uh, it's a date night podcast uh, where two 30-year-olds uh, talk about things they like because we have 
like no free time, so like we don't really get to talk to each other or anything. So uh, we take the time to sit down and uh, talk about the fun things that we like to watch and listen to and read. Uh, so you can check out our podcast every Tuesday and maybe you'll hear us talk about things like Pokemon and Stardew Valley or Star Trek or any other anime or manga series and just a bunch of nerd shit basically pretty much yeah <laughs> so go to scudsworth.com you can find it there or find us on uh, iTunes and other yeah it's not your first day on the internet just go just type in what we're into. You'll find it. I, I believe in you. I believe in you too. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>